This is The Dash, episode 25. I'm your host, Trey Gammage, and I'm excited to bring you challenging, meaningful, significant conversation. The Dash podcast is focused on the dash of life. There's the day that you're born, there's the day that you die, and there's the decisions that you make every day. Today I have a guest on the show named Fred Robertson. I met Fred as we were both one of the top 100 speakers in the world competing at 2016's World Championship of Public Speaking. Fred is from Jamaica, man, and you'll hear his accent throughout. So if you struggle with some accents, make sure you've got the volume extra loud so you can hear him. And today we've got some interesting topics as well. And focusing on that purpose and how pain is purpose, Fred recently decided not to continue going to law school. And instead, he's decided to step into his lane. How important is that when we step into our lane? So my top three takeaways today is one, how to live from the heart. Two, self-transcendence. And three, the five Ps to a successful life. Now, I know these sound like some deep topics, and, and it's pretty cool. Fred is a deep, intelligent dude, so I'm excited for this conversation. I'm excited for this episode, and I really want to know what you've got to say at the end. I look forward from hearing from you. This is The Dash. I kind of cut off my earthly ties and only follow God now. You know, there's leaders in my life. My father's a leader. My friends are leaders. But in terms of who I follow Every day I get on my knees and ask God, which direction do I go? Because I'm at the edge of myself now, and I don't, I don't know how to do what's coming next. So right. with my surrender and with my sacrifice to God as well, um, doors just open. Oh, just like you said, just just move out of the way, out of the way. One of the things that I said to people, that I keep saying to people nowadays, is that until you step into your lane, mm. You're going to feel very uncomfortable. You step into your lane, even if the hurdles are there. And things that you're going to jump over them and you're going to win the race that you're supposed to win, but you have to stay in your lane. It's one of the, it's one of the sweetest experiences to find, to find in life the purpose that you were created for. You know, and um, in my 24th year, I found it, and I'm giving, I'm giving thanks. Okay, hey, we're, we're in the same place, man. I think that's pretty. I think that's pretty dope. You know, same same for myself. Um, you know, stepping into your lane. I feel like now, I'm in a place where where every day I wake up and I'm doing what I'm what I've been called to do and what's in my purpose. Um, I, I know exactly where you are. It's crazy. So for instance, over the past over the past two years, um, like right where you are, right where you're saying, a couple of people have come to me and said to me. Without asking me if I'm finished with the university, without asking mm. my resume. In fact, I've never written a resume in my life. I don't know how to write wow. a resume. Wow. Wow. Um, <laughs> three times over the past two years, three CEOs of other companies wow. have said, Fred, I have this idea. Um, can you run it for me? Wow. Like, um, how do you guys see me? Mm. You know, wow. Why, 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 why wouldn't you question my word first? Why don't you have a conversation with me first? And every time they would say, I, I see something in you. Wow. Uh, so I think that um, I've taken the time now to find out what that thing inside of myself is. So another friend of mine, last night, I was coaching him, and he did a speech. And I said to him that if you're a Toastmaster, you probably would go and win the World Championship. Mm. But one of the things that he said in the speech is that 
his mind was full of fear mm. what his heart was saying to Job and if he had followed his heart all wow. his life, he would have been in a better place as against following his mind wow so high living is out of this one high living high living I think it's amazing the way as you continue to step into your purpose, how much easier stuff gets as well. You know, just just the conversations and the, and the things that you run in with, like everything now, there, there is no coincidences. You know what I'm saying? Like our conversation now, the conversations from this morning, I was supposed to be, I was coming back from Atlanta. I was going to come back from Atlanta to here today, but I didn't. So that gave me time to do some other stuff today. It's just amazing how stuff moves when you get out the way and stop trying to figure it out, but but follow that path, like you said. Precisely. Mm. I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those, it's one of those, it's one of those empowering feelings to be vulnerable mm. with Right. Yeah. In that to allow for your heart to be so naked that yeah. your heart can do what it's supposed to do. Your heart can impact the way that it's supposed to be impact. Because there are so many other things that I've found is that many of us are locked into our situation. Mm-hmm. Because we are locked into our situation, we can't reach out to people that are in other situations that are not really like us. But the truth is, every single one of us have a heart. Wow. Every single one of us have feelings. Every single one of us want love. Every single one of us wants to be connected to other people. So if we would just connect first, mm. ask questions about what is your perspective on life? Where are you coming from? How can I help you? What? How can my experience lock into your experience? Wow. It, it's, it's amazing how much more fruitful conversations can be, how much more fruitful relationships can be, how much more fruitful everything can be. But the problem is that because we have been trained yes. to be logical, yes. rock self of the spiritual. Mm. The truth is that you know, when, when God created, he created spiritual beings. We, 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 we found out about logics after that. Wow. So I, think, I think the way that we live life should be like that as well. That we live spiritually. And yeah. if we, if we see how logic fits into that. And if logic can't fit, then we just leave it alone. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, and that goes the same. I've been reading my Bible a lot more lately. And, and when I was younger, it, it never made sense to me. It just, I couldn't read it. It didn't make sense. Old Testament didn't. But as I grow, grow closer in my personal, in my spiritual, like you said, I can open the Bible up to any page and get a message out of it from whatever. Because um, now it makes sense. And I, you understand the logic because I have the spirit to go with it. Doing it the other way around doesn't really work. Right. Mm. Yeah, I'm a, well, I'm going to go ahead and start right there, man. You've, you've done everything pretty much, friend. And mm. what you just said is value living from the heart. What does that mean, man? How do you live from the heart? I put it this way. One of the things that I found is that every single one of us as humans are connected via our heart. We have different mental spaces, we have different socio-cultural backgrounds, we have different things, different experiences that have affected us. But every single time we get down to a heart-to-heart conversation, the connection is always there. Mm. If it is that we are allowing ourselves to speak from our heart, then that's the easiest way for our value to be communicated wow. to a person. Because we get rid of the cultural, we get rid of the cultural barriers, we get rid of the social barriers, we get rid of the prejudices that are there. If it is that we just start from the basis of what does my heart feel, mm-hmm. what does your heart feel, 
then it's amazing how much communication can happen there, how much value can be communicated there, because all of the social constructs mm. that we are into would have been removed. Right, right. I think the my favorite quote or one of them that I've heard is an African proverb that says, if there is no enemy within, the enemy outside can do you no harm. So I think... From from that heart perspective, it's it's almost it's just loving yourself essentially. It's how right. what I what I've grown to find it as. As the more comfortable I get with myself, and I find out what's making me emotional and what's making me angry and do all these things, I can be more uncomfortable to to share my heart with people. And as you just right. mentioned as well, there's been occasions where people that I don't speak to often, the people will come up to me and talk about the presence that's being exuded. Very much like the present that you've had. What do you find happens to you and the people around you when you start living from your heart and living in your passion? Let me give you an example. I played at a wedding in Ocherius. Uh, oh, so guys, I'm from Jamaica. Jamaica. And there you go. <laughs> at the beginning of it, nobody knew me apart from the band members. And I played the saxophone. And I remember... There's this thing that happens when you, when you see one of your friends that you've been, you haven't seen in a long time, and there's music, you might hold hands and jump around and spin. Right. And that kind of thing. Like, it's just enjoying yourself. Yeah. Not caring who is looking at you, not caring what, what anybody else will think. It's just that there's just that pure joy mm. about the, there's, a, there's another human being that you appreciate. Wow. And there's this guy that I, I don't know him, never seen him before. Uh, I play the saxophone, I enjoy the music, I give my heart. Mm. Young ladies came and they said that you're so talented. The children walked up to me. I think one of the most important things to to, to understand how much you're communicating mm. is when a child understands you as an adult. Wow. And this is the guy that couldn't wow. be more three years old walked up to me and he looked at me with the big, big innocent eyes and he said you're so talented mm. <laughs> and it's from the heart precisely so I and that that never happened before because I used to play notes mm. with the saxophone you're, you're a saxophonist so what What? go ahead go ahead right. so I used to play notes I didn't I love the saxophone to sing I didn't sing through the saxophone. Mm. And since I started singing through the saxophone, wow. it's amazing how many more people appreciate it. Wow. And, and to apply that to my speaking now, ever since I've started speaking from the heart, now thinking about what is the next big quote that I can say that will just... Change the world. Everybody. Yeah. Can I allow my heart to touch somebody else's heart? Mm. And every single time I've gone about it that way, I've always made friends. I've always <laughs> impacted people. I've always been able to be comfortable in a space that was not mine right. until my populated space. Wow. I think you you can tell when someone is feeling that way. I mean, when I walk, when I approach people, you can tell by the way that they respond and by the way that they let their words go if it's the truth and if it's not. And I feel like the longer that you know someone, the more their true heart comes out or the lack thereof. When did you find out how to live through your heart or communicate through your heart? So, I was playing the saxophone in December last year. 
and there was a young lady in the audience <laughs> that just would not talk to me before then. When I came down from the stage, I'd, I'd, I'd done my set, and I came down from the stage and went over to her because I know her face. She's a part of the audience. I must say hi as I always do. And we had a half an hour conversation. Now, bear in mind that this half an hour conversation was the first conversation that we'd had, even though I'd been seeing her for a year. I'd been seeing her right. to her for a year. And all I would get is hi and bye. Literally, uh-huh. I was very cold. Please get out of my space. I don't want to talk to you. I don't appreciate you trying to have a conversation with me. Wow. Along. That same young lady had a half an hour conversation with me, saying how much she felt what I was doing. And in it, she said, you play from your heart. Start speaking from your heart. And then it clicked. And I started to remember World Championships. Mm -hmm. Why was I connected with the audience? First stage in front of all of these people. I I, I could have moved on in such a... I could have opened up my speaking career in a way that I would not have had access to in Jamaica. And I choked. Why? So Mark Brown which is one of the DTMs of all DTMs. He's a world champion, isn't he? Yeah, world champion, 1995. Okay. said to me that what is important is that you need to be vulnerable to the audience. I wasn't comfortable doing that last Mm. year. So for her to say to me that vulnerability is important, for Mark to be saying to me that vulnerability is important, Yeah. and then I broke up with the love of my life. Mm. Break up because I still love her, she still loves me. It, it, it's, it's something that I'm still wrapping my mind around, but my heart understands it. Yeah, and she also said to me that she appreciates how I'm growing, and she says that you need to stop thinking so much. Wow, allow yourself to feel. Wow, if you allow yourself to feel, then probably your thoughts will start making sense. And having those three circumstances come together just allow me to understand that as a human being I need to understand that I am a human being not a human thinking so I must allow myself Let's let's stick right there on that vulnerability. One of the first books that I read when I graduated college was called Daring Greatly by Brene Brown, and she's a vulnerability researcher. So what I just kept learning about is how what I think is vulnerable, other people think is courageous. Because if I can get up there and talk about these problems, the world's like, dang, this guy, you know, he, and that's when you really get to help and touch somebody. Going back to your point there with the world championship. Somebody asked me the question, what's the best speech you've ever given and what's the worst speech you've ever given? And that speech, I said, was the same one because it was so scripted and it was so in line. I crafted that story so well that it was flawless. At the same time, it was crafted so well that I took all the vulnerability out of it because I picked and chose the parts of the speech that I wanted people to hear. You know what I mean? And so instead of just going out there and, and really just giving giving my heart to the world, which is what I do now when I go up right. and speak, is just just go and give my heart. Right. It, it changes, you know. It changes that. So when you talk about that vulnerability, it kind of gets me passion too. I remember my first breakup. It started a fire in my stomach. That girl, I loved her so much, and that was my first four years being in a relationship or whatever. And when we broke up, it, it just started this fire, and that fire kind of at least is the first awareness that I had of a passion. Um, and then I was able to keep finding my passion. Where does vulnerability 
take you? And is there is there a connection to your passion there? It is heavily connected to my passion because, as was said before, I'm a musician and I'm a speaker. Mm-hmm. That's communicating through sound and communicating through words. And if you look at the word communicate, it comes from the word commune, which means to create a there sense of oneness, to create a sense of community. And if it is that I am locking myself away from my audience, then I'm robbing my I'm robbing my audience of the value that I can give. Mm. So one of the things that I've come upon very since since recently is that self consciousness is one of the highest forms of selfishness. Wow. Self say that one again. Self consciousness is one of the highest forms of selfishness. One of the highest forms of selfishness. Wow. Because I am up there wondering, did I say the right words? Mm. I'm up there wondering, do I look right? If I am up there wondering with my saxophone, does my saxophone sound right? Wow. I'm focused on me and I'm not focusing on my audience. And the whole purpose of me being up there is not about me, it's about my audience become selfish after I've performed where everybody comes and say oh my lord Fred, that was a fun I, I can take the praise then mm-hmm. but in the, in, while I'm doing the speech while I'm doing the performance it is about them not me right and to, to do that properly is to forget about all of the fences that you have yeah them down and just be and allow them to experience wow that's what they want. Oh, man. That's that's cold right there. On uh, episode nine of the podcast, there was a woman that came on, Ashley Varner, and she's a model. She grew yeah. up body shamed and body bashed, but now people are taking pictures of her same body that she used to get made fun of and looked at. So she took all that vulnerability and just put it on herself. How do you feel when you're up on stage playing your sax or you're, you're speaking? When you're up there and giving your heart, how, what do you feel on the inside? Freedom. <laughs> right, that's it. There's, Freedom. Hey. Because there's nothing that is between me and my audience. I, I I know literally see where they're listening to what I'm saying. They're interested in what I'm saying. One is that as you said, your vulnerability, what you call vulnerability is what they call courageous. Mm-hmm. Because on the list of fears you have death and then you have public speaking. <laughs> that audience and doing something is just something that is horrifying to most people. So the fact that you are doing it, yeah, just that alone, yeah, people it. Oh my lord, he's so brave. So, so to, 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 to get to the point where you're doing that and then being yourself, yeah, not caring what people mm. are going to say, but just being yourself, I find is one of the most powerful things that any human being can do. Because it shows other human beings that they can be themselves. Damn. That's deep, man. So when we're we're aware of this, and while I see self-consciousness is the most selfish thing, but that self-awareness or the conscious awareness, so now you're aware of what your self-conscious does. We're aware of these things. How do you shift that vulnerability in our passion into a purpose? Because I know what you mean. When you get up on stage, when you're doing what your heart is called to do, that's exactly how it feels. There, there's nothing... I don't need to pick up a book or, or reference anything. It's just free. How did you get to, to changing your passion into your purpose and getting that freedom when you're on stage repeatedly? Well, I, think, I think for me, it's the other way around in that for the, the purpose for me is that I must make the world, I must leave the world a better place. Okay. 
for instance, you are, you call it the art of dash. Yeah, pretty much. That's a good one. I'll take that. Yeah, right. the art of no, dash. No, no. What do you call it? I call it art. The dash is the dash is the overall concept. The dash is life. And so that's right. the thing in the middle. And art is what you do with your life. Right. So for me, I was given that dash. Mm-hmm. And before that dash is finished for me, I'm supposed to leave an impact on the world. I'm yes. supposed to make people's lives better. That's right. my purpose, to make people's lives better. To be so good at being myself. I think one psychologist calls it self-transcendence. Mm. so good at being myself that because I am so good at doing that, yeah. other people are better. So that, that's, that's my purpose. Mm-mm. But my passions now are music okay. and speaking. Music and motivation. Okay. So... Because I'm supposed to make people's lives better, health, and that's where the passion comes in for me, and it is through music. Mm. Okay. So the, so, so the purpose, the, for, for, for me, purpose is, is, is deeper than passion. Because yeah, I agree. Use your passion and not be fulfilling your purpose. So let's right. say that I'm playing saxophone, but I'm not making somebody's life better. Right. I'm doing my passion, but I'm not fulfilling my purpose. Yeah, the purpose, so I like to break down, just like yourself, you know, we're speakers, have to break down those words. The passion means what you're willing to suffer for. And so when you're you're identifying the the sax and speaking and stuff and and helping, impacting people, and that's okay, this is what I'm good at. This is what Fred is the best at. Now, how do I use that to share my message with the world and right. and facilitate that? I, I've worked for it as well. I call it facilitating purpose. You said self-transcendence. I say facilitating purpose, and that's to make easier your re- reason for doing. Um, my purpose is to help people. Everything I put out, I want to just take you one more step towards your purpose and living a life well lived. So, Fred, we, we got, we're on the same page too much, man. We might have to collaborate on some stuff real soon, man. Well, We'll have to collaborate on some stuff real soon. Now, you talked about falling out of school. What what did that do for you? How did that wake you up in a way? So, at the end of 2016, I failed contract law again. In law, you were in law school, right. correct? I was in law school. Yeah. Or in my LLB. Okay. The University of London. They have this long distance course. I can do it from Jamaica. Uh. And an examination done here. Okay. So I failed contract law again, which means that I failed it in June and yeah. I failed it in October again, got the results in December. So I had an option of finding more money to spend on the formal education. And when I say finding, I mean borrowing. Mm-hmm. And I have, I have an issue with borrowing and not seeing where the investment is going to be. Wow, wow. One of the things in Jamaica right now is that we have so many people who are going into law and there's a glut of lawyers on the market. Mm. And I saw myself, and this is no disrespect to anybody who is going into law, but this is just about my story. I saw myself allowing myself to become somebody who was coming off of a mass production unit. Wow. Because of that failure, I got some time to consider where am I, where do I want to go, how am I going to get there, and most importantly, what am I supposed to do? 
when I was writing all those plans, when I was writing all the wording, because we all know that when you have something in your brain, it's always good to write it out. It's always good to get it on paper because yes. you get it out the mental space into the physical space. And it's real. And precisely. Nothing on the paper said become a lawyer. Wow. I had become a world-class saxophonist. I had become a world-class speaker. I had become a business owner. Nothing said law. Mm. So here was failing at something that you didn't that even I want to do was not passionate about and sometimes we fail not because we are failures but because we are doing the wrong thing there's there's the lane you said you have to step into your lane until you do that talk to me about stepping into your lane tell me about that we mentioned that earlier one of my philosophies now is that once you step into your lane, your blessings must come to you because that is where your blessings are. So I, I have realized ever since stepping out of the legal fraternity and stepping into the what I call the fredical fraternity, <laughs> the fraternity of me, stepping into my purpose, there are so many opportunities that have opened up that were not available to me when I was in a lane that was not mine. And I started looking at all of the successful people that I admire, that I want to become mm -hmm. like. And I realized that every single one of them had that failure. And that failure got them to realize that I need to go into my lane wow. and cut off all bridges. So, and then I started doing some more research and I realized that Bill Gates doesn't have a degree. True. Steve Jobs didn't have a degree. True. Mark Zuckerberg, the youngest billionaire to this day, still doesn't have a degree. True. So why would I be bashing myself because I don't have a degree? So that is not to say that degrees aren't important. But what I'm saying is that when you expose yourself to people that you want to be like, yeah. sometimes the, the <clears throat> feeling of lacking self-esteem or the feeling of being less than is done away with because you realize that there are so many other people that have a story like yours. Yeah. You just need to find out what they did. To get and there. So as, as, as Eric Thomas would say, the difference between you and the successful person is what they did. To get so there. So do what they did and you will close that gap. That's that's beautiful. And Zig Ziglar, to go right off of that, Zig Ziglar says that every man should set a goal to reach a million dollars, not for the monetary reward, but for who they have to be along the way. Right. It, that's right. about as real as it gets. You know, we it gets so, you can blow your dreams out of proportion if you look at just the last step. But once you identify that last step, now it's finding the smallest step that I can take to make that dream a reality. And I think that first step is picking up an autobiography or Googling some stuff right. because there's so many resources in this world that are free. You know, we love that we love to save time, we love to save money, we love to save mistakes, but you just mentioned the biggest mistake of your life is also the catalyst for the success that you're having now. So, There's go ahead. So I'm a I'm a part of I'm a game changer with Select and Start, which is a personal development company here in Jamaica. And one of the things that we believe in Select and Start, so I am a game changer, Jeffrey Azan, who is the founder, is okay. a game changer as well. And one of the things that we believe is that there are three things 
there are four things that you need to become successful in this life. You need time, you need creativity, you need imagination, and then you need money. Love it. Love it. All of those things, time, creativity, imagination, you have already. Yep. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. And if you use all of those things properly, money will come. That's deep. And and you you're the one that introduced me to Bob Berg as well, aren't you? The go giver. The go giver. Oh yes, oh lord. That's one of my favorite books, man. That's one of the fa- that that book is oh man. Talk to me. Let me let, let me let me let me correct that. Uh-oh. It's not time, creativity, and imagination. It's time, creativity, and energy. Because creativity and emo- imagination, you can put them together. Right, true. And every single one of us, as soon as we took our first breath, there was time, there was creativity, and there was energy. Mm. And if we follow the stories of everybody who has become successful, as a result of how they use their time, as a result of how they use their creativity, as a result of how they use their energy, the money came. Yeah. That's the last piece of the puzzle. The money, like you said. The other ones are already there. Money money is just an exchange of value, you know. So if you go to the market without already ensuring that you are valuable, people are not going to take you yeah. seriously. Yeah. But if you would take the time to hone your value, to make your skills gold, then people will run you down and try to pay you for it. <laughs> but if you go to the market without refining yourself, yep. if you go out into the world without taking some time to make yourself better, if you haven't tried to make yourself better, <coughs> are you surprised when other people are not trying to make you better? Hmm. Preach. Preach. <laughs> Preach. <laughs> Preach. Because I think that's it too. When you fail... You can't look at anybody else. One of my coaches, Jay Peterson, he would always say, don't be a finger pointer because every time you point the finger at somebody, there's three pointed back at you. You got to point the thumb. When you look at yourself, I, I do my best. I moved. I'm 12 hours away from home now, and I'm away from all my friends and family and stuff. But I did that so that when something went wrong or I was faced with an emotion, I didn't have any external operating force to... So it forced you yeah. to find your value and find how you can solve the problem. Yes. Because at the end of the day, the only person that you have on this earth right now is you. Yep. Can't change anything that happened in the past. It already right. happened. That's gone. That that right. time has passed. That time that I did not use appropriately yesterday is gone. And tomorrow is not promised for me. All I have is now, essentially. Right. When we're when looking at the processes, so we, we've said a lot here, Fred, and there's so much in it, and you mentioned the five Ps. Take me through the five Ps of success so that I can apply all the things that we've talked about today. So I flunked out of college, and I'm at a Toastmasters meeting, and a businessman walks in and says that I have this foundation called Hope School Fund. And what that is supposed to do is that it's supposed to go into schools and teach them about students living success. So even if it is that you are the dunsest child, you are the dumbest <laughs> child, even if it is that you believe that, we don't believe that, and we are going to teach you how you can become successful. Wow. Anyway, 
wherever you are on the success ladder, you could be at the bottom, you could be at the top, we are going to show you how to become better. That's one of the things that we believe. I like that. As a result of being the the champion for public speaking in the Caribbean last year, I was recommended to him. Yeah. And he then started to say to me that he needs speech coaching. Now bear in mind that this is a successful businessman. Right. <laughs> Coming to me would just fail college. Yep. And asking me how to teach to teach him how to become a better speaker. Wow. In one of those sessions, serendipity happened. The the bulb, the proverbial bulb turned on. Yeah. Five P's came to me, which are philosophy, purpose, passion, process, progress. Every one of us have a basic worldview, have a basic philosophy, have that basic foundation upon which everything else that we believe stands. Yeah. We need to know that. Yeah. Because it means that every time something goes wrong in our life, there is a center that we can go back to. There's a core that we can go back to. The next one is purpose. In that after you've found out what your philosophy is, there is a problem that you came here to solve. Mm. What's that? Mm. Your birth yeah. is a gift to the world to wow. solve a problem. Your birth was a gift to the world. The next one is passion. Now, yes, your birth is a gift to the world to solve a problem, but how are you going to solve it? What do you like doing? So, for instance, my passion is music. My passion is motivation. So, I would use that. But then, you need a plan. Mm. Still hearing me? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Okay. Probably the internet connection is giving some sort of problem. But in any way, in any case, you need a plan. And that's where the process comes in. And the same process that you talk about. Yeah. But sometimes the first time you make a plan... It don't work. <laughs> life happens after that. Yeah. So you need to allow for a progress report or a progress check to be done. So every every two months, every two weeks, depending on how long the plan may be, every two years, there needs to be some way where you look back at what you have planned and find out how far along you are or what you need to change. Mm. So mm. that's where the five comes from. I, I think I can use that. I think we can apply that directly and effectively and for the last piece, you know, Fred, we've, we've had such a good conversation here, and there's a lot of directions. There's so much that we took away here, even with those five Ps. And all of that we've taken away as well. There's a, there's a very logical sense that is being brought to the table, but it's also a divine and spiritual connection that we're talking about as well. Talk to me about how to connect that spiritual with the logical mindset. Okay, so... One of the things that I've found is that the spiritual is more important than the logical. Because logics can change depending on what philosophy you hold to. But the truth is that the heart connection, that spiritual connection, if we are really true to it, is consistently the same. It's something that I call the frequency of authenticity. Mm. Once you're into that frequency and you're authentically there, that frequency remains the same yeah and that is more important than logics because that is where 
the path is. Mm. That's where faith is. Because it's not logical to have faith. <laughs> it's not logical to leave a good a, a, a job that is paying you well and say that because I want to become a multi-millionaire, I'm going to go and live mm. on food farms for the next two years. It's not logical. Wow. But it works with the heart, though. Wow. Steve Harvey says, take the jump. Uh, Les Brown says that many times we hold ourselves back because of fear, but that is false evidence appearing real. Because of my understanding of that, I have found that it is more important for me to listen to my heart, mm. to listen to my mind. I remember I was talking to the same mentee, and he wrote a speech, and in the speech he said that as a child he learned that it is more important to follow his heart than the fear that is in his mind. Wow. The situation that happened was that he was around about three, four, five years old, and you know, you, you, you live in the, in the apartment complex that has the monkey bar, and you have the children talking, right. who, who, who can jump off and who can be Superman, who can be the best Superman? <laughs> he decided that he was going to do it. And when he got to the top, his mother, shout, his mother shouted at him and said, Young man, don't you dare jump off that monkey bar. And the mind started to say, don't do it. Right. Because the mind was saying, you've never done it before. Mm. And because you've never done it before, you don't know how to do it. Mm. And because you don't know how to do it, you're going to hurt yourself. His heart said, jump anyway. Wow. He jumped anyway, and because he jumped, he became the Superman wow. of community. Wow. But everybody else was afraid of doing it. His mind was afraid of doing it, but because he followed his heart, he showed the rest of the children around him that they can become supermen as well. So if we apply that childish story to our lives, so. there are so many of us that are holding ourselves back, not because we don't know where to go, mm. because our mind is telling our hearts that we're afraid of going there. I was reading Self-Mastery Through Auto-Suggestions by Emile Cole. Okay. And he gave the analogy of sending anybody to walk a 30-foot plank that is one foot wide. Right. Put that plank on the ground and anybody will walk it. Yep. Put that same plank on a pinnacle and everybody will fall off. <laughs> the point he's making is that it is the same exact plan. Mm. The same exact amount of space. Everybody can put their foot on something that is one foot wide. Wow. Nobody has a foot that is one foot wide. But because we imagine that we are going to fall, yeah. our mind tells us that we are going to fall, we fall. Yeah. But the baby who don't have a clue <laughs> what being afraid is about. That baby might go out there. Yeah. And the Bible says, the Bible says, a little child shall lead them. Sometimes we have gotten so adult that we've robbed ourselves of the magic of childhood. Every time I've watched successful people, name, look at somebody like Warren Buffett. Yeah. In all of his interviews, he says that he just loves going to work because he just imagines himself lying down on his table 
looking up in the ceiling at stars and eating ice cream. <laughs> this man is 80, I'm talking like that. But he's so successful because he's enjoying what he's yes. doing. He's working from the heart. Steve Jobs, before he died, he he was fired. Imagine being fired from your own company. I'm very <laughs> But he was fired from his company and he was starting next. And at the symposium or at the the quarterly meetings that they have, the quarterly retreat, the first one, he said to them that the reason why Apple became successful is because Apple had a heart. Wow. The company had a heart. So all of those things coming together have allowed me to understand that it is it is good to be logical. Mm. But it is even better to be spiritual. I was listening to something on YouTube and it said that when you get to that depth of being spiritual, that is where logics can no longer be used. <laughs> That's stop following the people of the earth, cutting those earthly ties and going to, to live in the value of your heart. That's yeah. it. That's it right there. Those childish qualities are some valuable qualities to hold on to. You know, it's the, it's the youth, it's the young people who can keep an imagination where there are no obstacles, too big to overcome. And it's that childish mindset that keeps you um, in a place where failing does not feel like losing, or rejection does not make you want to stop, but to keep going and to keep trying and to keep pursuing the ways to make things right. So we look at every failure, it made me realize I need to go into my lane. What kind of lane do you need to step into right now? Are you in your lane? Are you in your lane? If you're not, there's something that has to change in this world. I'm your host, Trey Gamage, and I'm excited to come back and see you next week. This is The Dash.